my God, did I wake the dog up? Did I wake the dog up? No, should I wake the dog up? I don't know. It's kind of a nice intro to the show. Really? To just listen to him snore? Sounds like either a chainsaw or someone has eaten some really bad food. I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of, uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, oh, is this show going to be any good? Well, someone's <laughs> snoring in the background. <laughs> I'll tell you everything you need to know. Right. It's sort of like I went to go see the Lady Killers, the Coen Brothers, oh, yeah. Tom Hanks movie. The movie was so bad. The guy three rows ahead of me fell asleep, was snoring, and nobody bothered to wake him up because they're just like, what's what's the point? Is this going to get better? So it, was, nope, it did not. Yeah. So I think nope. it's a nice touch. Is he still? I haven't heard him there. Is he doing all right? Oh, yeah. No, he's, okay. he's out. Just All take right. a breath. Just perfect. It's just chilling out. If you need a mirror, you just need to hold in front of his nose no, to make sure. You... Don't say his belly. His belly is so big. It's hard not to tell he's Don't big. shame him. You're going to give I him a don't complex. Shame him. No, I have a no fat shaming the dog rule. Well, what if he's listening to the show? He's going to hear you saying you just look at his fat stomach go up and down. And <laughs> but that's a good thing. I know he's alive. Right, but if he's on the treadmill, is that going to? make it better because he thinks he's like running over your face as he's trying to get fitter because <laughs> no, let's be honest dave totally has him on a treadmill right pretty much can't we get them to sponsor the show this is why with your hosts heidi hedquist and luke polling uh, food for dogs mm-hmm. accessories for dogs dog designer diets which would be great because we could get captain mm. here early on in his journey i know you could get a before and after picture uh-huh. <laughs> like the black and white and he looks all sad and the for, before and then yeah. all shiny yeah um how are you doing on the uh captain's hat search found one yet I, no i need to look i want him to have a full sailor outfit i see have you bought anything for him yet as far as clothing goes no, no i have not is he have you tried any Ringo stuff on him? Or are you afraid he's going to blow out the seat of the pants? No, I think he actually probably be okay because he's okay. like, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the life jacket. He has worn the life jacket. Well, he went out boating him, I'm presuming. He did. Yeah, of course. He's a seafaring captain. What do you expect? Right. What kind of idiot would put on a life jacket on land? Well, true. I do think he needs... <laughs> he does need a sailor suit, though, because my brother and I... Excuse me. There is a... Like, we were going through photo albums at his house before my newest nephew was born, which happened yesterday. Yeah. Very exciting. Oh, um, congratulations. What's his you. name? Landon. Okay. Landon um, what's the middle name? Cody, which is my brother's name. Right. Okay. Has he listened to the show yet? Uh, maybe because my brother's an avid listener. Okay. Because we're not, I don't want to say hi to him until I know he's listening. Well, that's true. Maybe we should wait. Yeah. So be, I'm sorry, you were saying Captain needs a full sailor suit. Yes, because it, when we were waiting for Landon to arrive, we were going through old photo albums that my brother had at his house that hadn't been opened in probably 20 years. Right. And now, granted, I had, you know, I was a Laura Ashley girl. So I had the Laura Ashley full sailor outfit, much like Fergie, like original Fergie, <laughs> not just of York Fergie. Had. Right, right. Not the one with the bridge. And my brother had multiple sailor 
outfits that he was photographed in through the years. Ahoy. Um, There was a whole lot of, and this was, my brother was born in 84. So. Now, do you, does your family spend a lot of time on the ocean? Okay. So in fairness. Comparing to the amount of nautically themed wardrobe that you and your sibling uh, owned at the time. So one contingent of our family, like my stepmom's family, his mom's family, um, they were, he, you know, our grandpa was the commodore of a yacht club and had a oh, boat. Sure. My, you know, there's also the aunt and uncle on the other side of the family that have the pontoon hooter hunter right. boat. Your uncle the cow. Yes. So right. we, you know, I did have my stint sailing, but that was much mm-hmm. older. Right. But no, no, we were You've hung out with sailors is what you're saying. You I just have <laughs> Yes, okay. I have. I see. But no, like the, the I mean, we were horse people. Like you right, said, but I'm just saying. Olin Mills, did they have Olin Mills where you lived or is that a Michigan? No, I don't know what that is. Olin Mills was the, like the photography studio in the seventies and eighties where everyone would go get their photos done and they would have the right. different backdrops, like, like the Snow White. Lasers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, library books. Mm -hmm. So if you had seen us in our, you know, where they'd have your picture and then they'd have the other picture of you with the other. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had seen us in our like cowboy attire, our English hunting garb, that would have made sense. We were horse people. Right. The sailor outfits, not so much. Okay. Because I was wondering if you like, if you ever, here's my question about owning sailors plural outfits did you ever have a to do because i feel like that's what we would call it where the invitation is i'm assuming delivered by hand i don't know why i'm picturing that and you opened it and and your mother or someone else in the family saw this and said egads we would love to go when we are available, but our sailor suits are not clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how often does, did you, how many uh, overseas adventures did you need? Let me finish. How many overseas <laughs> adventures did you have to get invited to before you were like, we need to have um, the servants wash our, can someone please answer that? And wash our suits. I don't even. It's, come, it's inside the house. I'll tell you I that. Don't know. <laughs> Is it? I don't know what that would be. It's inside somebody's house. But I don't right. Think it's house. But you know what I'm saying. When when do you run out of sailor suits? Well, I think we had enough for quite a few to dos. Because I had the white Laura Ashley suit. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I had another Laura Ashley that was turquoise with polka dots which i actually wore to a regatta i wore that to henley royal regatta and i also wore it to get pictures taken with my brother when i had a epic euro mullet mm. um, that was modeled after Catherine oxenberg <laughs> how old were you then just for the listeners to get a, an image i was 10 now the company was started by your dad right it was actually my granddad okay um, yeah, my grandfather back in, in 1970. So he started the business by borrowing $300 and then buying unclaimed luggage from a Trailways bus 
terminal. How did he know that that was a thing you could do? It's a good question. Yeah. So he was kind of unassuming background. He was an insurance salesman at the time and he uh, was a big ham radio guy. If you guys remember ham radios, mm-hmm. he got up early every morning and, and talked to his buddies all around the world. And uh, one of his buddies tipped him off that um, Trailwise Bus Lines, as you mentioned, um, up in Washington, D.C., had a, a backload of um, or backlog of bags building up. Um, and so, you know, the entrepreneurial person that he was, he, like you said, borrowed $300 and a pickup truck and just drove all the way up from Alabama to DC and made a deal, picked up the first load of unclaimed bags and then um, brought it back down. Um, actually in the, the first days just rented out an empty house and started selling unclaimed uh, the contents of the unclaimed luggage on um, card tables. Um, and it was a Saturday only thing, family business. Um, and it just hit the ground running. People loved it. And, um, so they then expanded from there and, um, they got their first airline deal, um, a few years after that. And then over the decades, um, grew and um, brought more and more airlines on. And, um, today our retail store spans an entire city block. It's, um, around 50,000 square feet. Wow. So, and it was, it was, so it was just a success from the beginning going forward that it never was a, ah, I don't know if this is going to work. TWA is not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, I mean, the first Saturday that they opened, they, I think, sold out of all their merchandise that day. So wow. I mean, from that point on, he knew that he was onto something and he quit his job as an insurance salesman shortly thereafter and, um, you know, kind of decided to, to go for it full time. So, yeah, I have these visions of that first sale at the house, at the abandoned house and all the local garage sales in the neighborhood just being livid because here's this amazing treasure trove of random stuff that would like put them all out of the water yeah it's like the ultimate garage sale right it's right uh, you know as you can imagine pretty much anything that would be in a bag on a plane has come to us so i mean people have found some crazy stuff throughout the the years like obviously your traditional stuff that you would bring on a plane electronics clothes shoes jewelry um and then there's always just unusual things that we end up finding. How much stuff do you normally get out of one suitcase? I mean, I feel like you flip one open, there's going to be a beat up Grisham, some used makeup, maybe some scuffed shoes. What do you keep out of, how, how do you, how much stuff stays? Depends on if it's a bag from uh, the outgoing trip or the return journey, right? You can typically tell those um, right off the bat, which uh, leg of the journey it was on um, just a, a quick uh, smell of, of the bag and gives you a kind of an indication. So, uh, you know, if it's a uh, um, either way, we break it out. We say it's typically like a third, a third, a third. Um, so a third of the merchandise kind of passes what we would consider a quality standards and we sell in the store. Um, and then a third of it, gets thrown away or recycled as much as possible. And then a third we donate actually. So gets we have turned the, over to the authorities. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we lots, donated. Yeah. Lots of drugs. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, a third of it, we actually donate through um, our nonprofit called reclaim for good. So we have a number of um, charity partners across the country and internationally that um, we um, have found ways to, you know, bring kind of a new life to some items that wouldn't necessarily 
meet the the standards to be able to sell them, right? How often have you had someone come through the doors of the actual store and go, oh my God, that's mine. I haven't seen that in years. How did you get this? You know, there's, it happens every once in a while that, that people see something they think might be theirs. Um, it's pretty rare. And, um, you know, we try to be careful about that because we wouldn't want to give the wrong thing back to somebody and then end up with issues there. Or, you know, in, in most cases, it's actually um, that person has been paid out claims by the airline. So um, the way it works is, um, you know, you lose your bag, um, didn't pick it up at the carousel or like a tag got ripped off. And so they couldn't track it back to you. Um, they go on like a, a full three month um, intense search process to try to get it back. Um, and it's only after that period of time that they pay out. Um, well, I guess they, they would pay out a claim um, at some point in that process to compensate um, the passenger for their stuff. And then at that point, like it's, it's technically legally their property. So we, we buy the bags in bulk from them at that point. So um, you would also run into issues there if, you know, we, gave somebody stuff they've already been compensated for it's right. you know potentially fraudulent situation as well yeah that's not good so. yeah <laughs> is there an airline that has better stuff than others i mean let's be honest frontier is just a dumpster fire correct <laughs> hey we're not gonna name any airlines they're all great they all do a great job so <laughs> what is that feeling like the first time you open a bag like that moment before you flip the the switches what does that feel like it has to feel i don't know it has to feel kind of crazy well it's a treasure hunt right like right. that's what we we call our, our bag openers they're they're treasure hunters and i mean to me it's the the most exciting job at the company like every day they're they're going through bags and never know what they'll find right and um so we actually um in our retail store every day um we do what we call the baggage experience um, where we give a guest that opportunity to do that exact thing. We take a bag um, that's never been opened before and they get to go through it and, and see what they find. And, you know, obviously we ahead of time, make sure there's no nothing dangerous or illegal in it. But um, other than that, like it's, it's the stuff. Um, so, um, you know, if you get over to the store um, at some point, you'll uh, get a chance to you know put your name in the hat and get to go through a bag yourself. What is the strangest thing you have personally ever found? We can believe you. If it... <laughs> I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. I haven't found anything too terribly crazy myself. I have my uh, my things that I, I look for. You know, I'm a sunglass junkie or you know i can't walk by uh certain categories without uh without snagging something but um over the years um our team members have found like a live rattlesnake is is one of my favorites it makes me cringe every time like can you imagine oh. opening a bag and there's like a rattle and then something you know snaps at you uh yeah, I... <laughs> that one was pretty crazy 
Oh, yeah. Um, found uh, like some really expensive jewelry. We had a 40 carat emerald one time. Um, we've had like several bracelets were in like the 50 to $100,000 range. Um, wow. Just makes you, you know, wonder what these people were up to um, flying. So, um, right. Oh, yeah, crazy like, stuff. I would so, feel like there's some sort of like the um, there can be a sadness to this, or am I just feeling melancholy? Like the the sense of this is somebody's plans, one either going somewhere or coming back. But like you can make a story out of this, and here's this just sad uh, display of of something, or is it always just look? Here's a bunch of fun souvenirs from Tahiti. Don't know why I said to you. Well, but. I mean, the way that I like to think about it, yeah, it's the way I like to think about it is one, um, you know, if somebody's lost something, they've been compensated by the airline for it. So, you know, they're taken care of. And then at that point, you know, instead of it going to like a, a landfiller sitting in a warehouse somewhere, like we're able to, to repurpose it and, you know, in effect, give it a, a new life. And um, so I think when the store we stock like 7,000 new items a day, um, so it's, you know, creating that treasure hunt experience for people to come from all over the country. And, um, then, you know, like I said, with reclaim for through reclaim for good, um, able to, to donate, um, you know, I think it's for every item that we sell, we donate another. So, um, you know, it's, it's ultimately getting a new life and going to a good cause in, in some regard. So what are holidays like in your family? Do people open their gifts and go, this was in a suitcase, wasn't it? <laughs> there's some speculation for sure yeah i uh i uh was actually in the store with my wife yesterday and uh we, we got married last year and she's like matt why didn't you give me my ring from here and, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah missed a great opportunity there she was looking for something very specific so it would have been a, a very lucky off chance that would have been able to find it in, in the store but Plus, that's a risk, too, because someone i mean that's like obviously you married her because she's cool, but a lot of women would be like, wait this is used. This was somebody else's. What if she took it off because they were having trouble? And what if it's jinx? So you did the right thing. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we do sell um, like a surprising amount of, of wedding rings and there's, we've had team members at our store um, who've gotten their, their wedding ring from the store. So, you know, it's it, where somebody may have, have lost it. At least it's, uh, you know, kind of going to uh, something new like that as well. We have, um, an online store now so um you can you know shop thousands of, of new items a week um online looking at your website there are some particularly unique items on there i saw there was a hasidic fedora an ostrich feather jacket a 1957 or i'm sorry 1950 chevrolet automotive handbook and a customized pool cue that's quite a that's quite a trip someone's planning yeah, that's just what's listed this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you don't even bat an eye to that. You're like, yeah, that's not that interesting. I've got way better stuff. <laughs> I've been in the business my whole life, right? Yeah, I've, I guess, become a, a bit um, used to it at this point. Have you ever unpacked like a tiki god, like the Brady's found in Hawaii? A tiki god? We had a... And, and um... has bad luck befallen someone on your team because of said tiki god? <laughs> well, you, you say that. We've had like... Um... I don't even know what you would call it. Like, like a stick with a, like a, um, 
some kind of bone engraved head on it. We may have oh it on gosh. our on our website. We have a on our how it works page. We have kind of a list of some of the the items that we have had come through the years or are in our museum um, that may be on there. But we've had that, and then kind of along the same lines, we've had um, several shrunken heads that have come in before. Oh my god! And, yeah, that is yeah, it's the kind of thing where uh, you see it and you're like, man, just touching this i don't know if some bad luck is gonna befall me or something tell us about the museum so the museum's really cool uh we have as you go to our store um as you walk in um there's kind of a, a museum area where you can see to your left um our what we lovingly refer to as our uh company mascot hoggle so if you remember the movie labyrinth from um i guess the 70s or 80s when it was filmed um we have the the puppet hoggle that was used for the character in that movie um came in a couple decades ago um he was in pretty bad shape when we got him and so yeah we got him refurbished and he's now the kind of company mascot um and then walking through the store you'll see kind of up on um the walls different um you know what we call found treasures throughout the store so you'll see like a life-size tinkerbell and uh biplane up there we have a, a pair of mcdonald's golden arches um <laughs> some some pretty interesting things so it's kind of an immersive um museum throughout the store is there a particular destination or tourist location that seems to have more stuff than others like either people really like to go there or the flights out of there are just not the best disney's the one that pops into my mind yeah we've get more than you would know and i guess it's you know parents traveling with kids from disney and you may be running late and miss their connection and their bag it's who knows but um a lot of disney stuff for sure but is there anyone else out there trying to do what you're doing trying to take the crown uh no no it's uh awesome. kind of been us uh since the beginning and um yeah, it's a, uh, you know, we've had long standing relationships with the airlines and, you know, they know us and trust us. And, um, you know, we've obviously uh, kind of been good to them and they've been good to us over the years. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's kind of no reason that they would have to, to do anything otherwise. That's a huge testament to what you guys are doing. I've never seen anybody not, especially with a business like that, try to well, let's try this over here. Maybe this, you know, mix it up a little bit. Like that's incredible. Well, yeah. And what you guys have to understand is that, I mean, it's, as you can imagine, not an easy business model no. from, from an operations standpoint, <laughs> right. right? Like we get millions, like literally millions of items a year and we touch each and every one of them have to price, like put through laundry or dry clean, all clothing. Like I said, clear all electronics and personal data. Like we authenticate all luxury goods, um, appraise all fine jewelry. So it's, it's very high touch. And, um, you know, it's taken, you know, this, this year's our 50th anniversary. So 50 years to kind of get to the point where we are, where we can do it efficiently, um, but still with quality. Um, and that's not a very easily replicatable thing. Right. So, um, say that's kind of probably the reason why we're the only ones that do it. If you layer in e-commerce into that as well, I mean, you add in photography and, and listing and shipping all the things that go along with e-commerce. And, um, you know, it's been, it's our 50th anniversary and we haven't done e-commerce in, until now. And that's partly 
why like it's it's complex and so you know we've i've been working on for the past 18 months standing up this e-commerce business and we've had to work long and hard to kind of streamline and automate everything from photography to listing and everything to make it you know even and feasible um and i don't think i know any other businesses out there that sell kind of the breadth um of product that we do across like a number of categories and all one-offs um it's able to do it online you have your ebays and poshmarks and things that have that stuff available but you know it's individual vendors that's it's coming from but from us it's all being um listed and filled and everything by us so it's it's quite a a job to to have yeah given the fact that you've been doing this for 50 years or your family's been doing this for 50 years you've gotten a very unique look into americans as travelers as people the things they value the things they want to bring with them or want to bring back do you think people have gotten more mindful maybe even just by not leaving luggage around or have they gotten uh more distracted and they are leaving more luggage or is there something you see in a lot of bags that makes you kind of feel like uh, there's hope for humanity? Definitely makes you realize certain types of things that people bring. Like um, you wouldn't believe the number of, of jackets that we have, right? Like we always say that, you know, everybody packs a bag and they or people bring a, a jacket with them and leave one on the plane. And um, it's, it's crazy how many of those that come in, but um, I think that, you know, people have gotten more mindful of it over the years. Like the airlines have gotten a lot better um, at being able to to catch the things that, that slip through the cracks and get it back to their owners. So my takeaway from this is that everybody is listening to what their mother said. Bring a jacket. You might need it later. Always be prepared. Yeah. More information on the Unclaimed Baggage Center, go to unclaimedbaggage.com. You can follow us on all the various socials. Our website is whythepodcast.com and has all sorts of additional stories and videos. It's also where you can sign up for our newsletter. We're also on YouTube if you're into that kind of thing. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Because if you don't, we'll call your mother and tell her that she's completely right. You would look so much prettier if you smiled more. Why the Podcast is part of Mudhouse Media. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our willing executive producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Chinet. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynth Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?